You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. And amen. Let's take our seats together. Musicians, singers, thank you. <clears throat> what a beautiful time here today in the presence of the Lord and just so great to be with you. love to extend my welcome to those of you here in the room and those of you joining us online. We're uh, just thrilled to have you here. If you're new or newish among us, a special warm welcome here. And uh, we're so grateful to be church together with you. Well, um, if you've been with us over the last three weeks, if you've been joining, you'll know that we've been taking some time, linked to what Esther's just mentioned, to look at the heart of God for justice and for the nations and touching God's heart through lament. And these messages have been helping us as a church and particularly accompanying what has been going on in life groups. And uh, if you're not in a life group, do encourage you to get in a life group. And uh, as we have better together been um, grappling with issues around racial injustice. And uh, we're so grateful to all of you in life groups and those of you leading life groups for the openness and vulnerability on the journey um, it's so important to be vulnerable and to be real. <clears throat> Please excuse me. And uh, it's rarely comfortable to be completely vulnerable and completely open for most of us, but there's something incredibly redemptive, actually. In the beginning, uh, in the, the fall, when Adam and Eve fell, they hid and they covered themselves. And there's that part of sin and shame where we want to hide and, uh, and cover. And actually, something beautiful, redemptive in Christ-centered community where brothers and sisters can be real and vulnerable together. And uh, it's so important. And uh, we're grateful. This has been a part of us moving forward at a deeper level as brothers and sisters. As a leadership, we remain steadfast to continue on the journey that we always said was not going to be a flash-in-the-pan response, but an ongoing journey to tackle issues of racial injustice as best we can. And uh, I'm really expecting about this coming Thursday, this evening of lament. We've not only never done this before as a church, we've never seen it done, um, but we are expecting that as the Lord has led us into this, he's going to grace us with his presence. It's going to be a really powerful time. And I hope you can join us here 7.30 on Thursday. It'll be in the room only, won't be live streamed. Um, and then on Sundays from now, looking forward for a few weeks, we're just going to begin to orientate ourselves around vision. And uh, moving forward in four weeks' time, on the 21st of November, we have our annual Vision Sunday. And um, the title of my message today, uh, which I'm going to come back to in a, a few minutes, is The Genius of the And. The Genius of the And. But I'm really aware that there are many, many new people among us at this time joining us, and we're so thrilled about that. If you're new and you haven't been to a newcomer's evening, it's not too late to book in for tomorrow night, and uh, you can always head over to the uh, Connect Point or go to, I think, go to our events page or what's on on our website. You should be able to see that and be able to, to book in, but share a little bit about the context of Vision Sundays here at Salem. Maybe you've been part of a church previously 
that uh, maybe never did a Vision Sunday, or maybe it was one time in the year to reiterate articulated vision, or maybe to unveil the plans for the coming 12 months. For us here at CLM over the last five years, Vision Sunday has primarily been a faith response for us coming before God and saying, Lord, what do you want us to do? What do you want us to give and sow financially over and above regular tithes and offerings into your work and it has been incredible it's been such a miracle it's been so much more than the raising of funds it has been an annual process of surrender and uh, I know many uh, each year it's kind of been that sense of oh no not again and then we've come to that place of fresh surrender Lord it's all yours it belongs to you put it on the altar what do you want us to do and many of us have stepped out in faith on this journey of the last few years and have seen God provide in miraculous miraculous ways, uh, incredible stories and testimonies, and it's been part of the growing faith in the life of CLM. It's been an amazing journey. We're aware there are some of you that would not know that this building, this facility here, if you're online, if you've never been in person to this building in Coventry, then uh, hopefully you can come one day. And uh, if you're nearby, make sure you come sometime soon. But it's nearly 10 years since this facility was open. This is a miracle building. And uh, it's incredible. In fact, it's a legacy to, uh, yeah, well, we can celebrate. I wasn't expecting that, but why not? Um, this is a miracle building, and, and it's a legacy of the courageous faith of the previous leadership. I'm so thrilled uh, Pastor Mick and Sandra are, are here, the previous pastors, effectively, and, and Tony and Julian and, and others, really kind of heroes of a generation that led to this building project. But uh, it was amazing because when this building was put up, uh, the, the church wasn't really strong enough financially or big enough to be able to support a facility like this, and so there was a loan of £1.8 million pounds that was arranged to help with the completion of the building, which was lent against the church's trading subsidiary. And there was a plan to run conferencing Monday to Friday and generate enough income to pay for a mortgage, and the building went up. But at the point of completion, the lending bank were nervous and weren't sure uh, that, that the conference plan was going to be able to sustain the, uh, the payments, and it was a precarious position. This was the point when Esther and myself were called to be part of CLM, part of the journey of what God was doing. And I remember us praying and fasting at that time, and something happened that none of us could have expected, which was that the bank manager went off sick with a mystery illness for over a year, and no one looked at our file. And, um, and we just kind of quietly kept our heads down and paid uh, interest-only uh, payments on the development loan. And by the time they checked in on us again, and someone went, what's going on here? Who are these guys? Um, the church had begun to grow. We're in a different position, and by the grace of God, uh, the bank didn't, didn't repossess the building. Uh, and we were able, about a year later, as a church, to buy, the, to, to arrange a mortgage on the building and effectively buy the building off our own trading subsidiary. And uh, I remember, yeah, it was, it was just... Um, I remember the moment some of you were in the room and uh, we put the mortgage deeds in the hands of the kids, literally got the kids in the middle of the room and, uh, and, and prayed that God would do something incredible through the next generation, what he wanted to do in and through this house. And then over the next couple of years, 
we, uh, we sought to keep up with mortgage uh, payments and we did that, but it was a challenge because too much of our income was going on mortgage repayments and it was just holding back the vision. There was a sense of what God wanted to do, but the finances were going against the mortgage and we knew we needed to do something and, and we started to pray and fast again and speak to the mountain of debt to be moved, but we also knew we needed to take a step. You know, the truth is if you want God to move, you've often got to make a move. And so we arranged our first Vision Sunday. And many of you, well, if you were here, you will remember October 2016, we had our first Vision Sunday and a chance just to sow in. And uh, just give me a wave if you're here in the room and you were here on, on that day. You'll remember, but lots of you not. And uh, so it's partly why to tell the story. And uh, we, we didn't know what was going to happen. I, Esther and I certainly didn't know what was going to happen. Um, we knew what the Lord had spoken to us about giving and pledging, but we were absolutely blown away. We'd also crazily said we were going to do a live count. And, uh, you know, I remember s- sitting on the front row in this first service just thinking, you idiot, like this is just the most stupid thing to do. And... Um, but it was unbelievable where at the end of the morning, 400,000 pounds had been given and pledged by, by the congregation on that day. And, and I remember going for lunch and I was so happy, but then it dawned on me that or like less than 10% of that had actually been given, 90% plus had been pledged. And actually we had this huge faith journey to go on, most of us, over the coming 12 months. But by the grace of God, uh, the, the faithfulness of God, there were so many stories and testimonies of pay rises and new jobs and, and tax rebates and all manner of provision and some people just faithfully giving month in, month out and sacrificing and uh, making their budgets work and the blessing of God came later in their stories. But we saw the provision of God together. God did something amazing and we, we used that money primarily to pay down the mortgage, but it also enabled us to accelerate the vision as less money was going into mortgage repayments. And then the next year we went again and I can remember that sense of, that kind of corporate sense of, oh no, we're doing this again. And, uh, but it became a way of life for us of surrender and trust, of yearly coming going, Lord, it's all yours. What do you want us to do? And then just incredible that last year, year ago, November 2020, uh, after four of these vision offerings, we cleared the 1.8 million pound debt completely in the middle of a pandemic. And uh, what... What an incredible journey it has been. And I want to say, you know, if you're joining us on this journey, this is is a people of courageous faith. We dare to believe in a God who is alive and able to do awesome things. We also believe that he wants to use us as a people to play our part alongside the great churches in our city to literally see the transformation of our city for his glory and beyond an expanding remit beyond just Coventry. And what it meant was that last year's vision offering was no longer going against debt, but was able to face forwards. It's been a strange and a challenging time in many ways with, with lockdowns and, and pandemic. But, um, but let me bring a bit of an update on the impact of last year's vision offering over and above regular tithes and offerings. I want to say, if, if like us, you're just finishing off uh, right now your Vision 2020 pledge, then uh, if you're able to do that by three weeks' time, Sunday the 14th of November. That would be just super helpful so we can close out last year. Um, We said three things uh, would be uh, really where the vision offering last year was going to go. 
And the first was to help support existing ministries and mission, especially in being unable to trade as a conference center because the, the conference center that had given rise to the building, March 2020, had just all the business dried up literally overnight. And uh, we had to just put that completely on pause. And so coming into this year from last November, we knew we were going to need to support the existing ministries and mission alongside the regular ties and offerings. And around 44,000 pounds, just under 20% of the total, uh, has gone towards the core budget. What that has meant is meant we've not had to miss a beat in terms of ministries and mission. And whether online or in person, kids and youth and students and young adults and seniors and growth track and everything we've needed to push forward, we've been able to push forward. We've also been able to increase our generosity and support in our missions partners in the city, a, a time when many of them are struggling for finance. We've been able to have some incredible conversations and to give generously and keep mission moving forward. We've also been able to facilitate a hardship fund for those who are struggling inside the family here to, uh, to keep up with the essential costs of living. Secondly, we spoke last year about preparing for tomorrow. We have prophetic words over the house that we're going to be an apostolic house, a, a resourcing center, and we have an anticipation that there will be campuses and or plants and or buildings that we need to invest in. And we just said, look, having cleared a mortgage and worked hard, it's wise planning if there's a prophetic word on the house for more and expansion to begin to put some money aside for that moment where we can respond to the Lord. Lord's leading, and depending a little bit where the vision offering from 2020 closes out, but we anticipate that about 58,000 pounds will be put aside for, for tomorrow and whatever that means, which I, I'm so excited about because as we do this, when the moment comes, we're not going to go, oh, well, we'd love to, but we can't afford it. Actually, there's some money already uh, put aside for that moment. But thirdly, we talk about new opportunities which in many ways was a declaration of faith. But we'd been saying God is not on pause. His church is not on pause. And we knew that missionally some new things were going to come up. And uh, it's been amazing that around 55% of last year's offering, or about 130,000 pounds, has been able to go into advancing the vision. And we'll give more detail in terms of the exact breakdown in the coming weeks. But it's been able to look uh, forward and uh, so many different things. Let me headline some of these. Firstly, we've been able to launch a Jubilee Fund, which is a fund of helping people that are working with Christians Against Poverty to clear the final bit of their debt. And uh, so typically what happens is CAP are working with clients who've got debt, and, and as they work on a journey, putting together good bit, uh, budgeting disciplines and practices, they get to the end bit of their debt, and actually there's a chance for CAP to negotiate with creditors, pull that down, and the Jubilee Fund is able to pay a lump sum to finish off the final 10% or so, and at the same time, share something of the gospel of Jesus who clears our debt. And uh, so that has been so exciting to get that up and running and off the ground and blessing some individuals and working with CAP. Uh, also, because of last year's vision offering, we've been able to partner with Wycliffe Bible Translators, which we shared a little bit about, uh, along with our denomination, Assemblies of God, to complete the funding for a project that they were working on to translate the Bible into the local dialect in Northern Africa to reach about 10 million people with the Word of God. And uh, this is putting the Bible into, into their language, the language of the people, both written and spoken word, and we've been able to contribute into that. We've 
We've also been able to, out of last year's vision offering, invest uh, in, in uh, investment equipment expenditure and essential staffing for CLM online. You'll be aware that March 2020, there was no budget for CLM online, and, and it's been so brilliant to be able to make the investment, uh, not only to serve us as a community, but to continue to reach wider. Over the last 18 months, we've averaged about 1,500 views on our services, and we've reached over 25 different nations, not only serving the community here, but, but picking up people that are hearing the word of God in Saudi Arabia, in Pakistan, in Japan, in Russia, in many different places around the world. And uh, I don't quite understand this, but as in-person numbers have increased from the end of July, our online numbers have also increased, and it just seems that God is at work. We've also been able to partner with Guardian Ballers, the amazing mental health project set up by Kieran Joseph uh, and CW Mind, going into Coventry schools, bringing hope and wisdom and love to young people. And we're in current conversations about drawing on Vision 2020's, uh, 2020's offering to fund increased delivery into Coventry schools in 2022. Uh, so starting in January, increased delivery. Also, we have begun to develop a partnership with Dignify, which is an incredible Christian charity based in Watford, developing materials around healthy relationships, particularly against the perils and dangers of pornography and sexual harassment. And we've been able to support them, partner with them to help complete resources, and then also next year to bring that message into Coventry schools uh, here. Uh, also, CLM's worship team have been on a songwriting journey and process and we have the funding in place out of last year's offering to professionally record a master worship EP, which will be coming sometime in 2022. And really the big ticket item out of, on top of all of that has been that we've been able to develop thinking around launching CLM's own schools work. So going into uh, primary schools and secondary schools, not only in partnership with Guardian Ballers and the Message Trust and Kick and Dignify, which we'll continue to do, but also develop our own own schools work, delivering lessons and assemblies and missions weeks. We have a well-written proposal that Luke Williams has been leading, looking at how over a number of years we can impact the young people of our city. And by year three, reached uh, seven to 10,000 young people through a schools work. Yeah, which is super exciting. Now, we're, we're, right, we're right at the beginning of this, but the funding is there. That means we're able to fund the first two years of the schools work. It's dependent on recruiting the right person particularly and so keep your ears open for that but uh, oh, just over 50,000 pounds going to go in towards that to make a massive impact in our city and I want to say, in short, last year's offering has enabled us to dream and plan. It's enabled us to have conversations that we could never have had. We've been able to have conversations and plan, uh, not only in the last 12 months, but also looking ahead. Well, we'd probably have said, we'd love to do that, but we don't have the resource. And to be able to say, well, we can talk about doing it. And uh, I want to say a massive thank you to every one of you that has been involved from, from the smallest to the largest donation. God is really putting a miracle through your hands and through our hands. 
and we thank God. And uh, say so we'll put more information out about that. We've been a bit quiet along the journey. We've been trying to get our heads around how do we make this work because we've kind of closed out the mortgage. And particularly during lockdown, some things have been kind of held up. But we've just been able to make massive strides. And I think through 2022, we're going to see huge impact missionally uh, through the giving and uh, so we are excited. Lives are being touched. Thousands of lives will be touched. I'm conscious I've taken a lot of time for updates this morning. Sometimes it's important to update, isn't it? But I also want to unpack some of, the, some of the things we believe the Lord is saying to us right now. You know, the vision of the church hasn't changed, which is to bring the kingdom of God to every life and sphere of society. But we have a sense of the Lord speaking to us in this particular season and that's why the title of my message is The Genius of the And. The man of God that I served for, for many, many years in Nottingham, David Shearman, one of his favorite phrases was, it's not the tyranny of the either or, it's the genius of the and. And what he was often saying in there is often as human beings, we look at life in a binary way. If it's not this, it must be that. But when we look at scripture, it seems that God is the God of the and also, not the either or. The genius of the and. Sometimes we need a paradigm shift to embrace the both in our lives. Uh, as a boy, I can remember getting my pocket money and I would have some sort of local store. Uh, before the age of 11, it was a garage. And then when we moved house, it was my local news agents. It was the nearest place to my house that sold chocolate. And uh, you probably have your own memory and your own experience of going with your pocket money and going to the shop. And for me, I remember going and, and I would make a choice. And I would make a choice to buy a chocolate bar. And often in this store full of options, I had to choose one thing. And there would be a dilemma. Would it be a Mars bar or a, or a tube of Smarties? And I remember literally, I got to the age of 20. I was a student and I went with a friend. We were going to watch a movie. And we went uh, to a local shop to buy some snacks for the movie. And he bought a number of bars for himself that night. And I literally, I know this sounds so stupid, but I remember I literally was there with my mouth open, kind of going, I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> and, and he literally is like, I got a couple of dairy milks, I'm going to have a Maltesers, a Kinder Bueno, let's get a couple of Twix. Like, and I was like, when are these for? It's for tonight. We're watching a movie. You're like, who are they? They're for me. And I was like, wow, I've been living under this glass ceiling. Well, like you could only buy one bar. I had the resource to buy more, but I, I was kind of locked under a glass ceiling. The genius of the and, let me tell you, that night I ate more chocolate than I've ever eaten on one day. It was a breakthrough night. Sometimes you need breakthrough moments. The genius of the and. As we read the Bible, we see that God is the God of the, of the and also. He is the genius of the and. We see that Jesus came full of grace and truth. Not full of grace and there was a bit of truth or full of truth and a bit of grace. Full of both. You know, in life, mostly uh, you get your truth tellers or your grace givers. So you, you get your Simon Cowles, right? Your, your truth tellers. They're, they're going to tell you the truth. They're full of truth and probably really lacking in grace. I thank God for, we need some truth tellers in life. But you also, you get your grace givers who, full of empathy, full of love, full of kindness, but tend to shy away from the tough conversation. You know, that, that, like if your hair's out of position or if you, you know, you, you've, you've got some food on your mouth, they, they won't tell you 
You need your truth teller. You need someone who's going to tell you. You look a mess. You know, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm on stage and I've, I've, you know, I've missed to do my fly or something, I, I need some truth teller who's going to tell me. But Jesus comes full of grace, full of grace, not lacking in grace whatsoever, but not lacking in truth whatsoever. Full of grace and truth, the genius of the and. We could talk about the sovereignty of God and the free will of man, Calvinism and Arminianism. Theologians that have debated and argued and disagreed over centuries, and yet these are two deeply biblical ideas that God has given man free will and he is completely sovereign. And actually, if we're big enough to hold the genius of the and intention, two truths that, that we can't reconcile fully in our natural mind, but in God, we have to accept they are real and they are true. We could talk about the body and the breath, the valley of dry bones, Ezekiel 37. And, and for me, it's a picture of the church. And, and I know some churches that they're all about the breath. They're all about the presence of God and the power of God. And they're awesome places to be, but often they don't grow beyond a certain size because they don't want to attend to the systems and structures of the body and the processes that enable uh, the, the, the work of God to scale up. But you get some churches that are all about the organization. They're a well-oiled machine, but there's not much of the breath. And it's like an organization. Well, I, I don't want us as a church, may we never be just an organization without the breath. But also we see through the book of Acts, we see that actually God brings the bones together. He's bothered about the body because actually without the body, the breath, it's the ruach, it's the wind, it's not harnessed, it's lost. But without the breath, the body is a corpse. But God is the genius of the and. That would say it's about the body and the breath. I wonder if you come with me to Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 4. It's what the Bible says. The Lord had said to Abraham, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him. You know, God said to Abraham, I am going to bless you. I'm going to favor you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pour out my goodness on you. And we see, Lord doesn't actually say this, we see how he protects Abraham. Abraham does some crazy stuff and God protects him. We see the favor of God on Abraham. We see the blessing of God on Abraham. We see the promise of God come to Abraham and fulfilled in Abraham. As he has this son with him and Sarai, their bodies almost as good as dead, the Bible tells us, and yet they have a child of promise, the blessing of Almighty God. We see how God poured out his blessing, encountered him personally, and to the point where the Bible says God himself called Abraham his friend. Can you imagine the creator of the heavens and the earth saying, you are my friend, hashtag blessed. But he doesn't stop there. He says, and you'll be a blessing. I want to notice he doesn't say, I'm going to bless you in order that you'll be a blessing. It's not a means to an end. It's not, I really want to bless others through you, so I'm going to have to bless you to do that. So I'm going to bless you and you're going to be a blessing. 
incredible truths of the Bible. Galatians says, in Christ, we are Abraham. We are Abraham's seed. Why do you say, I am Abraham's seed? You maybe don't even know what that means, but it's the truth that actually Abraham believed God, the Bible tells us, and it was credited to him as righteousness. And so with us, we are made righteous by faith in Christ. We enter into Abraham's way in order to receive every spiritual blessing that is ours in Christ. Galatians 3.14 says, He redeemed us, speaking to us as believers, in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles, which is most of us, that the blessing of Abraham would come to us. If you're a believer, the blessing of Abraham has come to you, the Bible says, through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. God established something with Abraham that is part of the blessing received by every single believer. It wasn't an either-or. Abraham was blessed and a blessing. Why am I saying this today? Well, I'm saying this today because as we look ahead, as we begin to prepare for the next season of what God wants to do in and through this house, through the end of this year into 2022 and beyond, we sense God speaking to us about being ready for a season of ands. We're ready for a season of ands. In our recent three days of prayer and fasting, some powerful words and pictures came through for us. And there was a thread, which is that it's the genius of the and. It's really interesting this time speaking to other church leaders. Some of them saying, you know, this is a season. It's all about recovery. People are beaten up after the pandemic, and it's all about healing. It's about soaking. It's about uh, just allowing people's well-being to recover. But other church leaders are saying it's all about mission. This is an opportunity. God wants to do something at this time. The world has need, and the answer is the church. But we have a sense that God is saying it's not the tyranny of the either or, it's the genius of the and. That actually he wants to do something that is an and also through us here as part of our church. That we need to watch for the genius of the and. I'm going to be really brief today given what I've already shared and the time that has gone. But I want to just briefly touch on three ideas that came powerfully through in our three days of prayer and fasting. And the first is this, that it's the oil of healing and it's the oil of sending. Psalm 23 says, you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Oil in the Bible is often a picture of the Holy Spirit. In the book of James, chapter 5, we're told that, that if someone is sick, they should call the elders of the church to come and anoint them with oil, and the sick person will be made well. We also see how Samuel was told to fill his horn with oil and go and anoint David to be king over Israel, the anointing of appointment and sending. It's the same oil. I, I have a little, a little pot of oil. I don't often use this, but sometimes I use this. If we're called as elders to go and pray for the sick in line with James 5, I, I will take this oil and I will anoint somebody. Sometimes, but not always, if someone is stepping into a new mandate, a new assignment, a new, a new sense of sending or, or authorization in the Holy Spirit, I might get my little pot and, and anoint them for the task. There's nothing magic in this pot, but it is a symbol of the Holy Spirit being poured out. But let me tell you, I don't have two pots. I don't have a healing pot and, and, a, and a, an appointment pot. It's the same oil. What's the Lord saying to us? Because this idea of the same oil came out in our time of prayer. So I'm saying this is a season of healing. 
This is a season of recovery. My oil is being poured out on all who would need healing at this time. But I am also sending. I'm also, and we, we hear so many stories at the moment of new opportunities, new assignment influence in schools and, and hospitals, in the creative arts. Incredible what God is doing among some of us. And yet I get this sense that he's not even saying it's the oil of healing for some and it's the oil of sending for some. He's saying it's the oil of healing and sending for us all. If we will have faith to receive, he wants to heal and send. It's not hands up for healing and and hands up for sending. It's hands up for healing and sending. And who knows that while we're being healed, we might not feel like we're ready to be said, but his power is made perfect in our weakness. That we believe that in this season ahead, God is doing a work of deep healing, but also sending us for great influence. Secondly, it's abundance in the house and abundance through the house. One of the, the verses that rose powerfully in our times of prayer recently that I love from Psalm 37, 7 and 8, how precious, O Lord, is your unfailing love. Love this. People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house and drink from your river of delights. This says this word of abundance of the Lord saying, would you come and feast abundantly at my table? His limitless grace, his unfailing love, his enduring strength, his matchless power, his amazing provision, his heart for justice, his plentiful wisdom, his boundless courage, abundance at his table. And yet we also, while we're there in one of the prayer meetings, drawing in on this idea of feasting on the abundance of his house, Mark Beswick shared a picture that he'd had earlier that morning in prayer of of a tree by a river that was so laden with fruit, it was bowing over. And we had a sense the Lord was saying, this is the abundance for the nations. That actually this is not the abundance of the house, it's the abundance for the nations. That God wants us to feast deeply on him, but also to give generously away. That actually the, there will be an abundance in the house, but there'll also be an abundance from the house. I believe by faith we have to, we have to embrace this. I think the packing and sending of 20,000 meals to Lebanon in three weeks' time is, is part of that expression from our little church in Coventry. Let's send 20,000 meals out to Lebanon. Why not? It's the abundance of the house. I'm all for wise planning. I'm not dismissive of rising energy prices and potential interest rates, but I hear the Lord speaking a word of abundance over his people. It's really important, I think, that individually and corporately we're not fearful or tight-fisted. I believe we must be ready to feed and receive deeply from the Lord in this coming season, but at the same time, give generously away. And I have this clear sense that as we do the latter, we will lack nothing in the former. When the band come and join me, thirdly, it's going deeper and it's reaching wider. This is language that we've, we've used before from Isaiah 54, enlarge the place of your tent, strengthen your stake, spread out to the right and the left. In the three days of prayer, Pam Fon brought a, a powerful word from Isaiah 27, which just had a sense of the touch of God on it in that prayer meeting, that Jacob would take root downward and bud and blossom and fill all the world with fruit. Taking root downward and yet filling the world with fruit. That sense of us as a house, it's time to go deeper, deeper in prayer, deeper in worship, deeper into God, deeper into the Word, but also to reach out wider, to be touching the nations, that God is going to help us 
to fill the world with fruit. What can we conclude? I want to encourage us that God is on the move, church. It's not one or the other. At the same time, he's blessing us, but also calling us to be a blessing to the nations. Calling us to go deeper and to reach wider. To feast on the abundance of his house, but to believe to bring abundance from and through the house. To enter into healing and allow him to send us. As I finish, let me draw back to Abraham's story. Abraham set out not knowing, the Bible says, where he was going. And for those of you who want it all laid out like me, like the three-year plan and the five-year plan, we have to hold to the reality that God draws us to a life of faith where we trust him. Twelve months ago, we said new opportunities and we, like, we didn't really know what that was going to look like. But as we stepped out in faith, it's been amazing what we've been able to branch into and support and consider just trying to keep in step with the Holy Spirit, saying, Lord, what do you want us to do? And this is going to continue to be our posture and our journey, to trust him, to stay hand in hand. Here in the room, at home, if you can, why don't you join me and stand? I wonder if we might position ourselves, prepare our hearts to say, God, would you... Help me to embrace the and also of everything you want to do in my life. Help me, God, not to be limited. Help me, help me, Lord, deliver me. Lord, from that part of me that would say, do this and then I'll do that. If you might be saying, it's both now, it's and also. I pray, Lord, would you help us to be a people of the and? Help us to be a people, Lord, that embrace the and also of what you want to do. And I pray, Holy Spirit, would you pour yourself out, pour out the oil of healing on us as your people on hearts and minds, every one of us that needs that afresh. And would you also be sending and appointing and positioning for kingdom influence. Lord, would you help us to feast on the abundance of your house? I want to thank you, God, that your table is abundant. I want to thank you that whatever we might need, you are enough. I thank you, God, that you are our portion. You are our all in all. You are El Shaddai. You are the all-sufficient one. Help us to feast on the abundance of your house. But we also pray, God, would you help us to be a generous people, individually and corporately, that the abundance of your house would flow out towards others. And Lord, help us to go deeper. Help us to go deeper into you. Help us to dig deep wells in these coming days and help us to reach wider, reach people we've never reached before. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Help us to impact the nations for your glory. Amen.